Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight is the first of three holy days leading up to Easter. On these days, we'll meditate on what Jesus did for us in order to save us, how he laid down his right life as a ransom for many, how he went to the cross as the Lamb of God, who took away the sin of the world. But tonight, we begin in the upper room in Jerusalem with Jesus and his 12 apostles. In our epistle reading, Paul reminds us of how our Lord, on the night of his betrayal, took the bread and the wine from the Passover meal and made them something new, something more. His own body, his own blood which he would give the very next day for the life of the world. But John, John doesn't have a Lord's Supper story. Instead, he fills in the gaps around the supper, focusing in on what Jesus said and what Jesus did. So there's two things I want to focus on this evening. First, I want to focus on Jesus' example. And second, what we can learn about that example. John tells us that while they were in the middle of supper, Jesus got up from his place. He took off his robe. He tied a towel around his waist. He took a basin full of water and he washed each one of his disciples' feet. Now, this might just seem a tad bit odd to us because we don't have the custom of washing people's feet. But in the ancient world, especially in uh, first century Palestine, people wore sandals and they walked on dirty, dusty roads. Foot washing was an act of hospitality, a courtesy that you would extend to your guests, a a necessary one since they did not sit at tables, but all on on the floor, all huddled together with your neighbor's feet in your face and likely near your food. So unless you wanted stinky, mangly, gnarly feet next to your food, you appointed the lowest slave to go and wash the feet. Now, scrubbing between dusty toes isn't the most appealing job in the world, is it? And this helps us to understand why none of the apostles, and especially not Peter, got up and did the washing. Each one of those disciples thought that they were too good, too important to serve others. Each one of them thought that they should be the ones being served. In fact, in the parallel account, right about this point, there was a dispute that arose among them about which one of them was the greatest. Jesus does not perform this washing of their feet as a kind of ceremonial washing that we should be doing each year. No, He gave it to them as an example, a pattern to his disciples that they should reflect 
his servanthood by being servants themselves. That they would love each other in the same way that Jesus had loved them. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love among each other. That love expresses itself in little and lowly things. It's bending down to wash the feet of someone else. It's bending down like that good Samaritan who bent down and helped the man who was bleeding because he fell in among the thieves. The old law says, love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus adds a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. Service means Bending down. It means getting down off your high horse and letting your pride and your ego aside. It is not Christian to say, well, I don't like that person, so I'm not going to lift a finger to help them. No. God doesn't care if you don't like them. You're supposed to love them. Jesus washed the feet of Judas. You can lift your finger and help your fellow brother and sister, even if you don't like them. Nor is it Christian to say, well, that's below my pay grade. I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested in that. That's not where I'm gifted to serve. No. Nor is it the way of a follower of Jesus to say, well, I've done my turn. Now it's time for you to do someone else to give, a, give it a turn. No. A Christian is a servant. A servant. There should be no gossiping. There should be words of love one to another. There should be no struggles for power. For Lee, there is no power in the church. Not even me. I'm nothing but a minister. A servant. So in the face of all that, is there any task that should be below your dignity? A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than him who sent him. What would Jesus do? Jesus would get down on his hands and knees and wash dirty, stinky, dusty, gnarly feet. That's what Jesus would do. He even washed the feet of Judas. So love one another. Is it really that hard? Love one another. Serve one another. How can you show love and service to one another? And not just one another. To your neighbors and strangers. How can you show love? Especially during the, lock, the second lockdown coming. How can you bend low for them? Can you get their groceries? Can you pick up their prescriptions? Can you just give them a phone call and talk to them? What can you do to show your love? The point is, we should be looking away from ourselves at those we're supposed to be serving. What other need, when the needs of others meet our vocation, our day-to-day -day life, that's where we ought to be ready to serve and love our neighbors and strangers in whatever way we're called. Now, 
Jesus does not command the disciples to show love to others until they have first received love from him. His love comes first. First, he washes the disciples' feet. Then he tells them to go and wash the feet of others. First, he bends down to serve us. And then after we have been served, we bend down and serve one another. When Jesus washes the feet of others, they are called to share the love that they have received from Christ with others. First, Jesus serves us. Jesus came to minister to us so that we might minister to others. And then when the supper when Jesus was finished, he asks the 12 a question. Do you understand what I have done to you? Now that question can be redirected to us. Do we understand what Jesus has done for us? When a free person washed someone else's feet, that meant that they were taking the position of a slave. The only reason a free person would do this voluntarily was to show how completely devoted they were to the other person. That's what Jesus does here. He assumes the role of the slave to show the depth of his love for his disciples. Now pause and consider that for just a moment. God became flesh. He laid aside the clothes of glory and he put on a, a human nature in order to wash feet. The Lord and creator of all bends down and does the work of the lowliest slave. Jesus is showing us who God is. He's showing us the kind of God that we have. The master becomes the slave. There is no task so low that Jesus will not stoop to do it. That's the point. He does not come to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life. He is the servant of all. We call him the suffering servant. He stoops so low as to go to the grave in order to save you. The shepherd loves his sheep and they love him in return. And the greatest thing that a shepherd can do for his sheep is lay down his life for them. But during the supper, during the last supper, Jesus changed his clothes. The next time Jesus will change his clothes, it'll be Good Friday when his clothes are taken from him. After that, he'll be naked on that cross, showing you just how much he loves you. During the Last Supper, Jesus poured out water to wash the feet of his disciples. But on Good Friday, Blood and water will pour out of his side to wash you of your sins. During the Last Supper, he wrapped himself with a towel. But after his crucifixion, he'll be wrapped in a linen burial cloth and placed into the tomb. That's how far Jesus loves us. Our text says, having loved his own who are in the world, 
he loved them to the end. Now that doesn't mean it was a, a dogged, see it through kind of love. No, no, he loved them to the uttermost. There was nothing that love could do for you that Jesus has not done. So come. Come then to his table. On this night which commemorates the night on which your Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. Betrayed into death for you. The same meal that he gave to his twelve, he now gives to you. Receive the bread that he has prepared for you and eat it. With it, he gives you his own true body. That's your manna to sustain you in the wilderness journey of life until you enter the true promised land. Receive the cup that he's prepared for you and drink from it. With it, he gives you his blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is wine from Calvary's vineyard to gladden your sin-stained heart. What greater gift, what greater demonstration of love can you have than for Jesus to give you the fruits and benefits of his cross, his own body, his own blood? Now, washing feet was the example. That was something the disciples could do. But giving his body and blood to eat and to drink, that was something only Jesus could do. Jesus body and blood do something more than just forgive us our sins. Yes, Jesus' body and blood put us in fellowship with one another. They put us in fellowship with one another. Because communion with Christ is also fellowship with one another because the same body and blood that I put into you, I also put into you and to you, and to you, and to me. As St. Paul says, we are one body, for we all partake of one bread. One bread, one cup, one body, one blood, one baptism, one holy church. Right here. Right here, all of our sad divisions cease. They stop. Here, the walls come tumbling down. Here, all the barriers that we put up against each other are knocked down. As we prepare for Good Friday, we join Jesus at the table, at the altar. Jesus loved us to death. And we need to receive the same type of love that He gives us. And in that love, we are given to love one another reflecting to each other the love we have received from Jesus. That kind of love is a love that bends down in service of your neighbor, your friend, your stranger. Love that seeks to serve Christ in the least, the lost, the lowly. Love that washes dirty, smelly, gnarly feet. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen.
You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.